Life was bitter to the core There was nothing to live for Until love came My name is Harold J. Perkins And at the age of 17 I was selling drugs And on my way to an early grave While sitting in my house with about 10 guys God gave me an out-of-body experience And I was lifted above the room I could see everything moving in slow motion After that I got up and put those guys out And I cried out to Jesus Christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. In this episode, I'm going to get back into one of the most exciting things to talk about for me is righteousness. We're going to talk about the righteousness of God. Last time I said that nothing shows you the love that God has for us more than understanding this word righteousness. I broke down the meaning and I'm going to do some recap uh, as we go on. But, But first, I want to show you why darkness is in the world as you see it now, and it appears to be increasing in the world. And believe it or not, it has to do with this word righteousness. Let me let me read Isaiah chapter 26, verse nine. Here's what it says. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, my spirit within me, I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Notice here, it says that when God's judgments are in the earth, the people of the world will learn righteousness. Well, Satan can read, okay? And he is the one that brings darkness. And he knows that this verse and other places in the scriptures that say when this message is preached, the end is closed. Now, understand that judgment is against Satan, okay, and his camp, not God's people. So he knows that his time is short because of what's being taught today. Now, God began to show me uh, his this righteousness without religion added to it about 11 years ago. At that time, other ministers also start preaching uh, the pu- the pure message of righteousness as well. Now, when I started teaching this at a weekly Bible study uh, with insurance agents that I had, the devil brought all hell against me. Other ministers, I've heard say the same thing, that when they began to teach this, Satan got upset. And why is that? Because Satan knows when you fully understand what God has done in making you the righteousness of God, he will not be able to handle you. You will know the powerful position that you have over him. Let me give you an example of the power that we have from day one of being made the righteousness of God. There was a couple who told about how the wife got saved and and an experience they had after that. The husband had been saved for many years and was witnessing to his wife, but she wanted nothing to do with the religion she saw him in. But something happened. And she accepted Jesus Christ and had a real transformation. The husband doubted her experience, 
because he knew how much a sinner she had been. And he said something to her that in her mind was, was a religious statement and not the life that she had come to receive. And she said this to him. She said something to this effect. I resist those religious spirits speaking through you and you get out of here, you religious spirits. When she said that, God allowed her to hear into the realm of the spirit. And she heard those spirits running out of her husband and leaving the room. She started jumping up and down on the bed saying, Lord, thank you for my power. Thank you for my power. Now, what was that? That was someone who just came to Christ and became the righteousness of God and had not been around religion and church long enough to be told that she had to do something to be worthy of the power of righteousness. She had the power right away and she believed it and saw it in action. Now, I want you to think about this. In Genesis chapter one, verse 28, when God first created Adam, he gave him dominion, authority over all the earth. He had it from day one of his creation. He gave his authority, as we know, over to Satan. But Jesus got it back. And Jesus is called the second Adam. Why? Because he got dominion back on the earth. And when we are born of the spirit by accepting Jesus Christ from day one, we are put in a place of dominion and authority on earth. And that's why the woman saw her power when she had just become a believer and she hadn't been around people telling her that she had to do something to merit this power to move and to work within her. Okay. Now, Look at the darkness that's in the world today, okay? And and look at how dark the world has got since this message has been preached, okay? There is an army of believers that will believe who the Bible says that they are, and they will move in power like the world has never seen before. They will bring the light of Jesus Christ because they will know their position of righteousness. Now, let's do a little recap of what I covered last time. I covered last time that um, Romans 1, 15 through 17, where Paul said that the gospel, the good news, is the righteousness of God revealed. What a statement. I covered Romans 5, 17 uh, and 2 Corinthians 5, 21 and Ephesians 4, 23 and 24, which says that we received the gift of righteousness. It also says that we were made the righteousness of God. It says that we were created after God in righteousness and true holiness and that we do nothing to earn it, God has given it to us as a, as a gift. Now, I broke down the meaning of the word righteous. It's the quality or state of being righteous, and that the word right within the word righteousness means good or just. Therefore, God has made us in our spirits good and just. Right now, we're that. Okay, just like himself, without us doing anything but believing on Jesus Christ. If you didn't hear the previous episode, I suggest that you go back and listen to it. Now, let's get a little deeper into this. I'm going to go over to Romans 3, verses 19 and 20. And here's what it says in those verses. Now, we know that what things wherever the law saith is said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped in all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be justified, or we could say made the righteousness of God in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. 
we see here that the law was given to show man that he was guilty before God and needed a savior. Because of his fallen state he that uh, Adam actually brought him into, he was not capable of keeping the law. Only Jesus could keep the law, and he did keep all of the law. Therefore, he fulfilled the righteousness of the law. Now, what we're about to read uh, going forward here is that because he fulfilled all of the law and we believed in what he has done on our behalf, God has made us his righteousness with the same righteousness that Jesus has. Listen to these verses. I'm in Romans chapter three, verses 21 through 27. But now, now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Now, I'm going to stop and go back and read that. We could say we could substitute the word law in that in this first place here as do's and don't do's, because that's what the law had to do with. Now, let's read it and we'll get a little more clarity on what God has done. But now the righteousness of God without do's and don't do's is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Now, I want you to notice that it says that this righteousness has been extended unto all, the whole world. Jesus died for the whole world, not for the church. He died for the whole world. It's extended to all, all the world, but it's only on those who believe. And there is no difference. That's telling us that everybody has this righteousness. There is no different degrees of it. We all have authority. We all have dominion through this righteousness. And we all have the things that pertain to a child of God available to us. I'm going to continue to read verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now I'm going to stop a moment. That's the scripture that uh, ministers all over the world for for hundreds of years have taken out of out of and just kind of pulled that out by itself to say, see there, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But look what is sandwiched in between. The 22 says, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, is extended unto all, but it's up on all those that believe, for there is no difference. For now it says, for all have sinned. That's why we needed verse 22, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now listen to verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace, being declared righteous freely by his grace, in spite of the fact that we fail, we sin and fell short. God's grace has made us justified righteous. Verse 24 again, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Well, you got to pay somebody to misunderstand this. And we've had a lot of help in misunderstanding this. It's really simple. Okay. Verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a proposition through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission or payment for our sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. You know what he's saying here? 
He's saying we cannot boast because Jesus did it all. We can't boast because we only believed in what Jesus did and we were made the righteousness of God. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 13, and let's get a depth, a deeper understanding of what's available to us now through this righteousness. Verse 13 in Romans chapter 4, for the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, or we could say do's and don't do's, but it was through the righteousness of faith. Did you hear that? Because of what Jesus has done in making us the righteousness of God, all the world is ours. Now, what you're about to see is the biggest transfer of wealth the world has ever seen. Why? Because God's people are being awakened to their position of righteousness. Notice what we just read, that the inheritance of the world is to the seed of Abraham. We are the seed of Abraham. And it's through the righteousness of faith, which which we just read, righteousness entitles us to it. And faith in opposition is how we receive it. It's, it's It's legally ours. Now, let me read to you a parable that Jesus gave that is that is thought to be one thing, but it's actually talking about our position of righteousness. Follow me. I'm going to go now to Luke chapter 18. Now, Jesus in, in Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking about, to his disciples about the end of the world. Okay. And what would be happening? at the end of the world. And we're seeing some of those things happening right now. He's con- going to continue talking about the end in Luke chapter 18, verses one through eight. Listen to this. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not faint. Now, again, remember the first scripture we talked about said that the message that would be in the earth at the end, when God starts to bring his judgments in would be righteousness. So think about it. Jesus is finna talk about the end right here. I'm telling you that he's talking about righteousness in this parable. Let's listen. Again, I'll start at verse one. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not to faint, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city. And she came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary." And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regarded man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continuing coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust unjust judge said? And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with him? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, listen, he concludes with will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he returns. Now, let's uh, let's break down what we just read. The woman came to a judge. So this is a legal matter. She said, in essence, give me what is right, rightfully mine from my enemies. Now, the judge saw something in this woman that said, I'm not quitting until you give me what is mine. Now, this attitude was because she knew what was legally hers. 
This is the attitude that if we truly understand righteousness, this is the attitude that we should have. Everything is rightfully ours on earth because of what Jesus has done for us. And when we stand our ground in faith, our righteous father will see to it that we get what is rightfully ours. So this parable that Jesus gave is about our position of righteousness and having faith in the position to stand until we receive what is rightfully ours. Now, how do we stand in faith? We do it just like our father Abraham did. Let's go to Romans chapter four. Now, I read verse 13 before about the promise. Now, I'm going to pick up at verse 14. For that which they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of not effect, because the law works wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure or guaranteed to all of the seed. Notice there's no specific seed. It's one seed, Christ, and is guaranteed to all the seed. I'm going to continue reading. Not to that only, which is of the law, but to that also, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, if he told us to have the faith of Abraham and he didn't tell us what type of faith Abraham had, we have a dilemma. But he's going to tell ex us exactly the type of faith that Abraham have had so we could have the same faith. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who makes alive the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Now, 18, he's going to start telling us what kind of faith Abraham had. Verse 18, who against hope believed in hope. I'm going to stop for a minute. Against hope, believed in hope. That means that things look so bad to Abraham that there was no reason to have any hope, but he believed anyway. He's telling us this is the faith that we're to have. Who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So that tells me right there that if I'm looking at circumstances and situations, then I could be weak in faith. He did not look at his body. He did not look at Sarah's body. He stayed focused on what God has said. As we continue to read, he didn't look the fact he was a hundred years old and Sarah's the deadness of her womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform. Now, notice it says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief is looking at things that go contrary to what God has spoken to you. Unbelief is looking at the enemy telling you, see, you're not righteous. Look what you just did. You're not righteous because of what you said. You're not righteous because of this or that or whatever the case may be. When the word of God tells us that we've been made the righteousness of God, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did for us. How we are to be strong in faith is that when circumstances say something contrary, we lift our hands and say, Lord, I believe you. I believe you. I, I, it doesn't look like it's happening, but I believe you. So he says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God promised he was able to perform. We, God is the performer. Our job is to against hope, 
we continue to believe. Everything we see and feel may be saying it's not so, but we relentlessly hold fast to our confession of what we believe, knowing that we have a supernatural God who can turn anything around in our favor. And we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and through him, he will freely give us all things. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. I was